good morning and welcome back to His Call, My Purpose. This morning's topic is very simple. One word, prayer. What does that word mean to you? What do you think of immediately when I say prayer? How often do you pray? Do you feel obligated only to pray over your meals? Do you consider praying a task? And why is that? Can prayer just be a simple conversation? Because a lot of us love to talk. A lot of us love to call up our friends, our families, and those that we've deemed close to us and talk and share the thoughts of our days, share our anxiety, share our fears, share our doubts. But yet, we don't like to pray. We don't like to go to God and have a conversation. We don't like to go to God and check in. But we will run and go to God and we will be there. And we want God to be there for us when we are in crisis when we're in emergency, when things are not going the way we deem they should go. Why is that? I've always said in ministry that God is not Santa Claus. He is not waiting for you one time a month or in those times of crisis for you to give him a to-do list or a want list. If I would state, I believe that my faith and my word of God said God is ever present. He is at, He is all knowing and he wants to have a relationship. He created man for the relationship with him. So why would he, why would you think that you are any less than Adam? He wants to have a personal relationship with you. And in order to have that, there needs to be communication. And that communication comes into the form of prayer. I think there are a lot of things within our faith that uh, have been manipulated, that have been distorted, that have been, I'm not gonna say shoved down our throat, but what I mean by that, they have been um, taught to us in such a way that they're, is negativity attached to it. So if you don't pray, you're going to do this. If you don't do this, and it's like, okay, so instead of, excuse me, I don't know what is in my throat. Instead of having a desire to, to seek out counsel, to seek out guidance, to seek out instruction, to seek out and build a relationship with the Father, we choose to do otherwise. We choose to run the other way. We choose to not be held accountable. We choose to want to solve problems for ourselves. We choose to to rely and depend on others. And I believe that there are people that God places in our life to assist us, to guide us, to support us, and to encourage us. But nothing compares to the original plan, to the original relationship, to the original connection. Think about it. There are a lot of things that are substitutes or uh, what is it? No name sandwich cookies, um, off brands. I'm trying to think of all the names we call them. And they may be okay, but they're not as good as the original. 
And so the original connection is just between you and the Father. No go-between, no in-between, just you and Him. And in order to achieve that, there has to be conversation. And so one of the best or one of my favorite examples of prayer is that when Jesus was in Gethsemane and he was praying to the Father. Because this shows us that someone who was who came to this earth who was sinless, there was not an ounce, not a drop, not a micro, I was going to say second, but piece of him that had any part to sin. But yet he showed us that he still needed to go to the Father. He still showed honor, reverence, and obedience to the Father. Yet he and the Father are one. So what does that say? If someone who is one with the Father also goes to the Father, that is an amazing example of how we should go to the Father. And so I'm not reading, I'm going to read you just certain excerpts of this scripture. And I would encourage you to go back and read the entire um, text of Matthew 26 verses 36 through 56. And I'm going to reference the NLT version. And in verse 38, it starts off with, he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. He's speaking to a few of the disciples that he had with him, which were Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John. So he had three of them with him. So Peter, James, and John were with them. And he told them um, that he, he had became anguished and distressed and his soul was crushed with grief to the point of death. That So when we sit and think that he doesn't know how we feel, that he doesn't know the weight of the world, that he doesn't know um, when we get disappointed or when we get discouraged or when we get bad news, excuse me, what he was about to encounter was, in my opinion, weighs more than anything that I've ever been through. Let me just be personal. It weighs more than everything that any weighs more than anything that I've ever been through, experienced, or seen. So, and in that instance, he immediately said, I need to go away. So it says, he went a little further and bowed down his face to the ground, praying to the Father, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. So he knew the task that he was about to embark on that was about to be placed on his shoulders. And he was like, this is a lot. I don't know if I can take this. I don't know how to carry this load. But if it is in your will, please remove it. But the key point in that sentence, in that statement was, I want your will to be done, not mine. How many of us in prayer, when we go to the Father, say, your will, not mine? See, it becomes a Santa Claus list when we just list off all the things that we want him to do and that we're telling him how to do it and when to do it and when we expect for it to be done. But yet, not understanding that God may want those things for us, but in his timing. But we sit up there and we say, Lord, I want this. And then when it doesn't happen, we get angry. Oh, God doesn't hear me. God's not listening. Yeah, he's listening. But he also knows 
that if he gave you what you were asked for, asking for at the time he gave it to you, you wouldn't be prepared to receive it. You would waste it away. You wouldn't appreciate it. You wouldn't have the skill sets that you need to handle it. And then when you go down to verse 42, Jesus left them a second time and prayed, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away, wait, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away, unless I drink it, your will be done. Once again, Lord, uh, went to him a second time. I, I don't want to do this, but if, if there's no other way, then I will do it. I will be obedient. How many times do we pray that? How many times do we tell God, okay, Lord, I don't want to have to go to someone and speak to them, or I don't want to have to do this task or this job, but if I must, then I must. And then in 44, he says, and he went away to pray a third time, saying the same thing again. Within a, in a, in, in a simple, I'm trying to think, 20 verses, no, 30 verses. Um, He prayed three times the exact same thing. Very simple. Very, you know, we, it's like, it's written in scripture text. So we don't know, you know, was, was there silence? Was there not silence in between? But we know for a fact that scripture tells us he prayed three times, three times and the exact same thing. And the answer never changed. See, a lot of times when we pray, we want the answer to be in our favor. But sometimes God says no. Sometimes it's in your best interest for the answer to be no. Because if we think about that scripture text, if God said, okay, I'm going to pass this cup and I'm not just say, God forbid, um, he said that. Then where would we be today? Where would our relationship be with the father today? Where would, it, where, we, where would we be if God said, okay, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve our love. They don't deserve my the ultimate sacrifice. Okay, I grant, I grant this, you know, I will answer this prayer. And you do not have to go through this journey. Think about that. But he had to answer his own son with a no. I will not remove this cup. You will have to endure this. But the obedience in the no. Is there obedience when God tells us no? Are we obedient enough to to move forward and accept God's no? See, again, when when the scripture says, and I'm paraphrasing, um, and I I when the scripture says, uh, be ye of in this world, but not of the world. It that's what it's basically saying. The world today has influenced, has changed, has manipulated the word of God so much to where we start making allowances and justification for the things that we know are not right with the Lord, that we know are not pleasing with the Lord, that we know. And, you know, we always say, well, Lord knows my heart. Yeah, he does. And he wants to hear from it. So that does not negate the fact that we need to, if if not ever, be more in prayer now than you've ever been in your life. I started changing the word prayer to conversation. 
Not to minimize the importance of prayer, but just to show you how important it is, how relatable it is. Prayer equates communication. Prayer equates conversation. And I'll leave you with this. When you communicate and when you have a conversation, remember, it goes both ways. So as you speak, someone's listening. And at some point, you have to listen to that whom you're speaking to. Even when we pray. Real talk, real life.